Let's turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Good to see the Larsons today. Whenever there's another Nathan in the room, it's always a good thing. I know. We're going to start our own little society. used to be that um, we were packed full. Yeah, the Nathan Society, packed full of Rons. But now we have, we got just two Rons here today. Three. Yeah, there's a third Ron. Oh, there you go. Well, sorry, Nathan. We're not. We, they got us beat again. One day, wait a minute, someone go get Nabo and bring him in here, and then we're going <laughs> to, then we'll, we'll have it. All right, let's go ahead and take a look in Matthew chapter 18 here. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone who's watching online. All right, Matthew chapter 18. We're going to look at a couple things this evening, um, and then we are going to be done here. Matthew 18 and verse... 21, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of the fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And, the servant, and, the, and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. Then the Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall, all, uh, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother, their trespasses. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you for this day. I pray that you'll bless, Lord, not just the reading of your word, but the examination thereof. I pray, Father, you'll be with each and every person here as we take this time to look and see what you have for us, Father. Help us not just to take this in, take your word in with our ears, but also our heart as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, Peter here, we have a very incredible description given to us in Matthew chapter 18, a very shocking one, really. This story of a servant who was uh, indebted, had a great offense against uh, uh, the master here, and then he is forgiven that offense, and then he goes to the other servant who has a much lesser offense, and he will not forgive him, and what an incredible account of hypocrisy that is. Peter here thought that forgiving someone seven times for seven offenses would be an apt thing to do. I mean, seven times. A lot of times we just get to the two. You know, fool me once, 
shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me because I should have known better. In the South, it's, it's different. It's fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, I'll kill you. So that's just the way it goes. You've got, you've got two chances, and you better figure it out during that time. So you have to, have to remember that if you're, if you're ever down there. Not everyone's like that, um, but some people are. So Peter here thought that it was a great feat of Christianity to forgive seven offenses. Jesus here hit, says, no, actually 70 times more than seven offenses. So you can keep on going. You're going 490 times, okay? So what he's implying there is an infinite amount of time. You have someone offends you. Now you are to forgive them and to move on. Now notice that Peter here, let's look back in verse 21. And he says, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? So he didn't say when, uh, if my brother offends me. Basically, he's saying when he's going to do it. We know it's going to happen. I'm going to be uh, uh, have offense taken against me. I know that's going to happen just like this fly buzzing around me. And the question is, is what do I do? Now, every single person is going to be offended. Every single person in their life, every single person is going to be offended. It's a part of life. And if you can't handle offenses, we're going to be in for a long haul. <laughs> because when you look at life, tons of people get offended every single day. But there's a difference here, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about not just being offended, but we're going to talk about how every person is offended, but what we should not do is we should not take offense, okay? So every person is offended, however, it is not okay to take offense, and that's the difference that we're going to see here. There is a difference. Uh, offenses oftentimes come into our lives whenever we least expect it. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. They test us. They cause us to examine our beliefs, um, but the question is, is how do we respond to those offenses. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. To take offense here, we have to be very, very careful because to take offense is to put on the air of someone being offended. Now, one thing to remember is, is that being offended, and we see the scripture here, being offended is something that's going to happen all through our life. Taking offense is something that's different. Being offended is what someone else has done to you. Taking offense is what we do to ourselves. And there's a big difference there whenever we look at that. We have to be very, very careful with it. The biblical response to whenever someone treats you poorly, we would go, what's the biblical response? Well, the biblical response is to forgive them. That's what, obviously, that's what the biblical response is. We're going to forgive them. But oftentimes we find in our life it's not that easy especially whenever um, the offense seems to be something that's much larger than that. Now, Christ here was saying, he never said your brother's not going to sin against you. He said you are to forgive them, even if you take that offense over and over and over again. So taking offense is something that you have done to yourself uh, um, and not what someone else has done to you. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 11. Now, it's very interesting here. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. So we know that offenses will come. It's just how do we deal with those things? The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. This um, is wobbling, and it's driving me crazy. I'm not trying to get all OCD, but just that right there is enough to drive a man crazy. And the fly coming around here. 
We, uh, Carissa bought a uh, Venus flytrap yesterday. Very cool. Ava spotted it today and walked over and was like, sticks her finger down there, and it clamped down. Now, it's soft, but it sort of traumatized her. So you can ask her about it afterwards. It really scared her. So she didn't even want to talk about it by the time I wanted to talk about it with her. So anyways, it was really it's a good time, good time. Uh, so she learned. But then we did kill a fly, and we dropped it in the other one, and it ate it. And all the kids thought that was really cool. Or it's going to eat it over the next several weeks. So anyways, so let's look back here in Proverbs 19, not to get sidetracked. All right, so let's read that again. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over transgression. Now when we look at that, what does deferreth mean? The discretion of a man deferreth. Literally what that means is it means to draw out, to stretch thin, to water down something, okay? Something that's not, something that's not per, uh, 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 potent here. Uh, he deferreth his anger. He draws out that anger to where it's not potent. And it is his glory to pass over a transgression. To pass over literally means to be above, to take the high road, okay? So it is his glory to pass over transgression and offense. We are to pass over that. As we begin to look at this tonight, that's something very, very important to remember. We can get into the rut of believing that our being offended is someone else's fault, but it isn't. Taking offense is our fault. Whenever offenses come in our life, those are going to happen. But if we let it control us, and eat away at us, that is not on the other person. We cannot control their actions, so oftentimes we can't control our actions. So it's not that other people don't offend us, it's not that other people don't ever do anything wrong, it's that taking offense and allowing that to eat away at us is entirely up to us. Now, let's take a look in John chapter 8, real quick. John chapter 8, you could turn over there. As you're turning over there, did you know that people leave church over small, insignificant things? But you didn't know that. It's very, it's a, just completely new. Um, someone didn't shake their hand. That's a good one. Uh, didn't like the color of the new carpet in the fellowship hall. The chandeliers weren't there to their liking. The color of the walls in the bathroom. There's a whole host of things of why people, small, insignificant stuff, why people leave. Did you know people don't speak to each other over a Facebook post? That's a shocker right there. Facebook all right, did you know people, there are people out there, their morning is ruined whenever a barista does not fix their coffee, their espresso, frappuccino, mocha latte, exactly how they want it, okay? So, can you imagine, that there are actually people, yes, that really bothers, mocha latte, I have no idea, that's probably not a real drink anyway, but I just, I brought in a couple of things there, didn't work, didn't work. So, did you know that some people, do not know how they will live the rest of their life because a slow driver pulled out in front of them on the way home from work. Just don't know how they're going to do it. How on, You get to a roundabout. This guy's sitting in a roundabout. Go drive. It's not a stop sign. You know, and it drives people crazy. Now, some of those things are valid points. I will say that. But it's not. We have to be careful. If we take offense at every single little thing, then what happens is, is we become the most offensive person in the room. And we've seen that I've seen all through my life and other people I know. If we take offense at every single thing, if we're not careful, then we're becoming the most offensive person uh, in the entire room there. So now, let's take a look here. Three things why someone would take offense. 
okay? Three reasons why someone takes offense at everything. And then what we're going to do is we're going to see, I believe it's three reasons. I have to see what Krista wrote for me. I'm not even sure yet. I'm going to jump in here. Uh, then we'll look at, well, look, she's not here, so I can say that. We're, um, and then we'll take a look at three things of how to deal with someone who is easily offended. All right. Chad and Jordan, they're not, I know Chad's not watching, so I can say whatever. He's coming up. I'm going to get Chad on this next thing. I got a couple of zingers here. No, I'm sugar. So, um, see, Dad will go back and watch it, so you got to be careful. But with Chad, I'm not so sure. So, anyways. So, the first thing we see, the first reason for someone taking offense, they would be offended at this, is the first thing we see is pride. Now, we actually believe, for taking offense, having pride, that we deserve better or we are entitled more to the situation at hand. And that's what it boils down to. Taking offense means you did not treat me how I thought I should have been treated. And uh, that's a really dangerous place to get into because then you're going, I deserve this, I deserve this, I deserve, well, just common decency. And you go through all this stuff and we're not careful. You're gonna prop, we can prop ourselves up to be treated like kings or queens when really we don't deserve that. The servant here that we read about in Matthew 18 thought they deserved better than the treatment that they had received. What's incredible to me is they were given so much grace by their master, and then they go to this other person and they go, you know what? No, no. I was shown this, but you don't deserve what I've been given. No. It's just a very, very slippery slope to go down. We have to be careful about that. So we have to come to the realization just to start this off. Quickly, we have to come to the realization that as Christians, we don't deserve any good thing. Jesus even says over and over again, don't be surprised when the world treats you like the world. I had a guy in traffic who was, we were driving us with the kids. Apparently, I did something. We're on the interstate. Apparently, I did something to make you mad. I have no idea. This guy was going bonkers. He was literally going ballistic, like Tasmanian devil screaming. And I'm looking in my side mirror, and I'm like, actually happening I'm looking what is this guy prop his problem he's back there going nuts well he was there and it was his mom driving so this guy wasn't even driving himself he was over there he's going bonkers so they're coming up to us and part of me um, wanted to go okay I'll roll the window down and we'll just have a little conversation as we're driving here but I've got my kids in the back and then Chris is right there and I was like you know what I'm not going to do that so the kids are like, Dad, what's his problem? You know, I'm like, well, kids, he's having a, I think he's got ants in his pants. You know, let's go. So we just keep driving. So they're laughing. And then we just move on past that. But some people like, like yeah. Anyways, whenever you, you come across people in the world, don't be surprised whenever they respond like that. Fly off the handle because they don't have any reference point, um, especially with the Bible here. The air we breathe, we don't deserve. The moment we open our eyes and start a new day, how can we say we deserve that? The God's word that he's given us, how do we deserve that? So taking offense at every single thing cheapens the blessings that we do have. The blessings, okay, that God's given us. All right, let's take a look here. So first thing we see is pride. We don't want to cheapen what God's given us. Second thing we see here, John chapter 8. Let's take a look there. And we know this story, so we're not going to go in depth for, uh, with it. But here, John chapter 8 and verse 3. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? 
And they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him, Jesus, and, and this they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him, uh, but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So he goes down, writes down, we, we don't know what he wrote, but he wrote something. And then at, in verse 9, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. The second reason we see why people take offense, the first reason being pride, the second reason being they want to divert attention from themselves. And how many times have we seen in our lives where someone who's yelling the loudest about something has been involved in that same exact sin over and over and over again? And there's warning signs. Someone's going to be so adamant um, uh, uh, and angry about something whenever they themselves are involved in that. Those who scream loudest about it oftentimes are in that. So these are people who want to divert attention away from themselves. So they grab something, trying to trick Christ, and they bring her before the Lord, and then God doesn't fall for the bait. He points out their faults, and now them being convicted, then they uh, leave one by one. So the first thing is pride. The second reason why someone would take offense is they want to divert uh, focus away from themselves. The, one of the best uh, tactics for defending yourself is a good offense. You know, someone comes in, and they go, you know what, you did this. There's a discrepancy in the books at work. Well, the best thing you can do is start accusing, making accusations against everybody else you work for, you know. And I've seen that in situations before. Instead of dealing with it, then it's divert attention, divert attention over and over again. The third thing that we see, let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're using our Bibles a little bit this evening. Matthew chapter 13, we see pride is the first reason to take offense. The second reason is to divert, focus away from ourselves. And the third reason we see in Matthew chapter number 13 and in verse 21 is that according to the Bible someone who takes offense greatly at small things lacks sufficient Christian character and that's a biggie because you cannot be a mature Christian and take offense at every single little thing so let's look here in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 21 yet Hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or uh, persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. So what it says there, yet hath he not root in himself. That's talking about character. Someone's character does not run deep. The person hasn't removed the rocks or the obstacles in their life to have this foundation there they have not deepened their roots in the word of the Lord it's not something that's done overnight but it's something that we see over and over and over and over again where someone who is not spiritually mature they get offended at every single little thing um, and what a life to live all this all the stuff everything really I saw an article um, on I can't remember what the website was it was, uh, someone, posted a, uh, someone posted a question, was there ever another time in history where people are so easily offended? You should have read the responses. <laughs> people were really offended that he even wrote that question. Like people were, they're ripping him up and down for this stuff and I was like, well, there's your answer. Um, anyways, it was just fascinating to me uh, that him bringing that up and then that triggered them and they were offended by that. So three quick reasons, pride, diverting, focus away from ourselves, and then a lack of Christian 
or spiritual character. Now, those are three reasons why someone would take offense. Now, let's look at how to deal with someone who is constantly offended. Okay, let's take a look at that. Let's look over in Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15, someone who is always offended. If you're offended, it's no good to be offended if you don't let people know you're offended. That's just the way it is. One time, Nabo, um, he was upset about something. This is years ago. I can't even remember what he was upset about. But he was in his room, and he was crying. And then he came out. He only did this once. He came out, and he was looking at Chris and I, and he was crying. And then he decided, some kids will, like, do the claps thing. They're like, oh, all of a sudden, they've just been struck, you know, by the Spirit. So he is standing there, and he falls backwards. It doesn't collapse sort of like a you know, a Hollywood stuntman, you know, you're going to roll. He just goes and just goes straight back. And there was a truck. And thank the Lord it didn't injure him bad. But his head sort of hit the truck. So then he's really screaming. He's really screaming. So I said, son, don't. If you're going to let us know you're upset, don't fall backwards, you know. So you can only comfort him so much about that. But on the inside, you're laughing a little bit after you find out that they're okay. So anyways, so it does no good to be offended if people don't know that you're offended. There's people that Chris and I have talked to um, that Chris knows, and they had talked about how they had their grandma was mad at them, so mad at them, was not talking to them, and they didn't know it for three months until finally their dad called up and said, you know your grandma's mad at you. And she was like, what? <laughs> yes, she hasn't been talking to you for three months. She was like, oh, okay. I was wondering why she wasn't calling, you know. So well, there you go. You have to let people know. If they're not going to figure it out, then you've got to let them know. So, how to deal with people who are easily offended. In Proverbs chapter 15, we're going to look in verse 1 there. Now, the first thing we see here, the first thing, is to let Christ control you, not them. That's the first thing we see here. People who are easily offended, that is a way to control people. It is a control mechanism. Because if I lose it and I go bonkers and I ball Carissa out and I scream at the kids and I do all that stuff, they're going to know the next time not to do that just in case they trigger me and then I do and then they're going to so I'm going to find someone who's polite let them have it and then they're going to back and now what I do is I control them and I saw that in the workforce um, I've seen that at several places for many years and what that is is it's just a control mechanism and it is incredible people I had worked with so kind nice people something went wrong their way of controlling everyone and getting them back into order is to lose it and go crazy. And then you, on their good side, if you're falling in step with them. But you'll get a good cussing out if you don't do exactly what they say. So it's just a control mechanism. So we have to let Christ control us, not them. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good, uh, the, the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach of the spirit. So what we do is we see two different things here over and over. A wholesome tongue, and then we see perverseness. In verse 3, the eyes of the Lord in every place. He sees good and he sees evil. In verse 2 there, the tongue of the wise knoweth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. So we're getting two different things. A righteous person 
and a foolish person, and we are not to answer in kind. Do not want to answer in kind. Once again, we saw from our scripture at the beginning, we are, we are to take the above route, above that. We are not to bring ourselves. The Bible says, answer not a fool according to his folly. We do not want to answer in kind. And what happens is, is if we get into a mudflinging competition, then they are controlling our actions. And Christ is to control our actions, not the people who are getting easily offended. Obviously, you want to be polite. I'm not saying go around being mean. But when it comes to speaking the truth, we don't want to walk on the eggshells when it comes to um, speaking the truth. The second thing we see here, first thing is to let Christ control you, not them. The second thing we see, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 26. You're already in Proverbs, so let's turn over to 26. The next thing that we see is we see um, that we cannot carry the burden of their offenses for them. So first of all, do not let them control you. Second of all, do not carry their burdens for them. They have offenses. They have things they have brought on themselves. You cannot carry that burden for them. Now, you can be there for someone, but oftentimes someone who is so easily offended over and over and over and over again, they do not actually want help. They just want to hand that to you over and over again. Misery loves company, and it does, does no good, like I said, to be offended if you can't tell everyone about it, if you can't share the wealth of being offended. Um, JL, she, when she was little, before she started talking, which she was like six, you know. So Jill was always very quiet. She talked at the house, but not so much over here. But what she would do is if she was, she took offense at something that Danae did, um, which was take a car or a doll. What JL would do is JL would follow Danae around and would not say a word. She would just watch her and she would stare. And then Danae would be like, she'd get up and stuff and go to the other room. And then Jill would follow her and would stand. If the corner of the room was here, she would stand peeking in the door, just watching her. So Danae was little, and it creeped her out so bad, she'd start crying, stop it, you know. So we're like, Jill, are you staring at Danae? Get, come out of here. Come out. Okay. She'd go out. And I'm like, man, I'm glad she doesn't do that to me. You know, that'd be freaky just hovering around, and she walks so quiet, you know. So anyways, I've given Bryson some ideas. Bryson, I know what to do there with Keisha. So there you go. Or I'll tell Keisha and you guys can do it to each other. So, um, so she would have to let Danae know she was upset. So she would follow her around and give her the creepy stare, especially with her long hair. That makes it even creepier. But we'll move on from that. So what she wanted to do is she wanted to let Danae know that she was upset with her. Now, what people will do who are always offended, they're going to want to share their burdens with you. They do not want their burdens um, cast before the Lord, they don't want their problems fixed. They want to share it. So now you can help me carry this garbage around, but I actually am not going to get it fixed. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 17. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 17. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife, belonging not to him, is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. Now, if you're going to take a dog, I've heard this illustration before, don't grab a dog by the ears because they're not going to like that. So someone who passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him. If you end up carrying the burdens of someone who is easily offended, all of these offenses, 
you're going to end up in their business and other people's business over and over and over again. And as a standard practice, um, that's not a good thing. Those are not your burdens to bear. They're not my burdens to bear. And there has to be a separation. And it's hardest with family, but it still remains to be true. You can't, we can't always be an ear for people who want no help at all. There has to be a time to go, I can't listen to this. There's times, you know, I, you, there's all different types of people um, where Chris has gotten phone calls and she's been like, mm, I don't think I want to answer it right now. <laughs> you know, I've done the same thing. Not, I, nope, you know, no, we're eating supper. I'm not going to answer the phone right now. Just because you know what's on the other side. And it's going to be the same type of stuff uh, of someone being offended. And now you get to hear about that and you get to sympathize with that. So I found a really cool hack. This is a Christian hack here. Um, what you can do, Christian life hack. The next time you speak with this person, this is something I've started doing, um, and they start to tell you about the great offenses that they have endured, ask them how you should pray for them. That'll get them good. They don't really like that. Uh, that's not the point. The point is to listen and go, yes, oh, how could they? I can't believe that, you know, and to go through all the things. But if you ask how you should pray, drag God into the situation, you might say. Ask them how God could get glory from the situation. So I've actually had to do that a couple of times, and it works great. So make sure we do not carry the burden of their offenses for them. That's something they brought on themselves. We have to allow them to carry that. The last thing that we see, and we're going to be done early tonight. Here we go. The last thing that we see is... We need to get out, when it comes to dealing with people who are easily offended, we need to get out of God's way and let God deal with them. Oftentimes I've heard in my life, well, there's only God. I've heard this bunches of times. Only God can change them now. Only God can change the situation now. When we look at it, that's who is in control of the situation to begin with at the very get-go. So we're just coming to that realization but that's who we should have gone to at the very beginning. So a lot of times we need to get out of the way. The prodigal, uh, an easy, quick example is the prodigal father did not send money to the prodigal son to help him in his life. He took what was his, and then he was gone. And the prodigal father stayed faithful and stayed where he was, and then the prodigal son came back to that. That's a simple explanation or an example, but we see that it's true. We cannot... Um, uh, continue to deal with someone if they're not willing to change. We have to allow that God to deal with them. We have to get out of God's way. Now, it doesn't mean cut off all communication. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when it comes to us trying to fix the problems of everyone, we cannot do that. And we're just going to find disappointment and frustration. And what we're going to do is we're going to end up carrying their burdens with them as opposed to allowing God to deal with it. There are people out there that will lie to you, use you, drag you down spiritually just to have an ear to listen to, okay? There's nothing wrong with trying to help something, but we have to realize we cannot change a man or a woman. That's up to God. That's up to their, them, their heart, and the Lord. There was a, um, a friend of mine back in the day, it's been probably 11 or 12 years ago, and he came to me and wanted to go out to eat. So I was, it was right before I got married, so I was working, and um, we went, took my lunch break, we went out to eat, and we, we, he had some problems with his life, he was trying to sort out, but I had known him for several years, and 
after meeting and talking that first time, it was very, very easy um, to realize that this is someone who did not want help at all. He, wanted, he felt guilty about the lifestyle that he was living, but he had no desire to change that lifestyle. So I was priest Nathan, and I got to sit there eating hot wings, listening to all of this, and it was like, okay, what are you doing about this? No desire to do anything about it. Yeah, 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 I agree. Well, what does the Bible say? Let's, let's look at what God says. How do we, what do we go from here? Well, yeah, 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 but then goes right back to, yeah, I'm thinking about this, and I might do this, or I might do this, and right back in the same type of lifestyle. Well, I knew after that, so we talked a little bit more, and then he wanted God to eat again, and I finally, I, I had to talk to him. We had to have a heart-to-heart talk, and instead of it being confession time, it was also complaining time and please agree with me time, and he wanted me to share in the burdens um, that he had for living in the world, and it's something I couldn't do, and it's something that I wouldn't do. I, you can't, I can't carry these burdens for you if you're not going to change. So we had a conversation, and I told him I can't go out to eat anymore. I can't, like, not, you're not responding to anything that we're talking about in the Bible. So he got offended by that, and that was it. He was gone. Didn't hear from him for several years, and that was it. He was off the map. Um, and then I heard from him, he sent me a, a, a direct message, uh, oh, probably five years ago, and he had said he was, and then I ended up seeing two acuna days. He was in a church. He decided he was at the end of his rope. He couldn't keep living like that. He got serious, and now I think he's in Washington, but he, um, he his life changed. He turned it over to the Lord. He stopped constantly complaining, getting offended at everything. Now he's uh, faithfully serving in a church. He has since got married to a wonderful girl. They've both been blessed with a beautiful child. But in one, one of the things we talked about is he was at a place where he did not want help. So I can't keep doing that, keep getting drugged down for someone who doesn't even want help at all. So what I had to do is I had to get out of the way and let God deal with him. And it's funny because our conversation with that, he was saying the same thing about family members. He has to go, I can't, I can't carry those burdens for you. Um, so he could use that. And it wasn't something of this great, oh my goodness, Nathan had this incredible moment to where, no, no, I just literally was so burdensome to hear what he was talking about nonstop and he never wanted to change. So I had to get out of the way. Only God can change a human heart. You don't have to turn there, but in Psalms 119 and 165, it says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We are to have a peace, peace with the Lord. And if every single thing, small stuff, is an affront, and I'm ready to fight. Man, I know people, I know guys that think they are 10 feet tall, and they're always ready to start throwing leather and go crazy, and it's like they have no peace. They're ready to fight anybody in traffic. It's like, dude, really? Really? That's your whole existence is this guy looked at me wrong. You know, there's no peace at all. So here we see great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. So in summary, as we close here, do not easily take offense. The second thing, do not enable those who take offense. Don't do it yourself. Don't enable those. By being, by being an ear for them. 
Christ leads us with a perfect example. Jesus Christ himself did not take offense at those who crucified him. How incredible is that? We cannot fathom uh, what Christ went through, the scourgings and the beatings that he took, and he still said, Father, forgive them for the, they know not what they do. Please forgive them. And then we go, that person, they should have. I deserve more. No. And we go, all this stuff, and it just pales in comparison. So if Christ can forgive those who crucified him, surely no offense that we have suffered is too great to turn over to our Savior because his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Turn it over to him and then change. We don't want to continue walking down this road of unpeacefulness because we get offended at everything. Now, if you're not the one of the ones who get offended easily, that's awesome. Don't enable someone who gets offended easily as well and allow God to deal with them in his own way. And then you will be the person, whenever they decide to come back, the first one to welcome them back from that unpeaceful lifestyle that they are living. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for our time together. Lord, help us not to fall into the trap of being easily offended at everything. It's a, it's a control mechanism for so many people. It's a way to have their voice heard. Father, I pray that we won't elevate our voice, Lord, above yours, that we'll let your light shine through us. Lord, help us not to easily be offended at so many things out there. And in this world, the world is ripe with people who are so easily offended. The cancel culture, the woke culture, the people who want to, that will stop at nothing to destroy the lives of those they do not agree with. Father, I pray that you'll give us cool and calm heads. Father, I pray that you'll give us the disposition of a righteous man and a wise woman. Father, I pray that you'll be with each and every person here as we come across these very, very delicate situations. Lord, help us always to be able to give you glory and you honor for every situation that we encounter. Lord, help us not to take offense so easily. And Father, also, even harder, help us not to enable those who take offense easily, Father. Please take them and teach them, Father. Do what you will, Lord, to bring them back to you. I pray, Lord, that we'll be there waiting for their return. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.